Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. Yes, yes, I know I missed a few days of podcasting, and I was busy going through my taxes. That I still do my own taxes. I don't hire anybody to do my taxes for me. And I go through and I take a look at taxes, and I get pissed off every single year. I mean, I know some of you out there are taking a look at doing your taxes, but you want to put it off because it pisses you off. And one of the things that pisses you off the most about taxes is when you realize what they're spending your tax money on. I mean, it would be one thing if the taxes we put into the system was only used to pay for the constitutionally authorized or constitutional aspects of the government. But no, when you start going off and you start realizing all the ways the government is spending your money unconstitutionally, it really goes through and pisses you off. And this kind of goes into the larger theme. What part of our government is still constitutional? I'm trying to figure that out. What part of our government still operates constitutionally? And yet we can hear as people start going through and talking about the impeachment, oh, we took an oath to the Constitution. Yeah, but you don't follow it. You don't actually keep your oath. You violate and break it every opportunity that you get. And now taxes have gone from funding the legitimate and limited operations of the government to pretty much becoming a huge money laundering operation where they go by and they try to create all these programs, but yet the programs aren't designed to actually benefit anybody. It's just designed for them to funnel money to their friends, family, and donors who, wouldn't you know it, have businesses and organizations that the the government wants to go off and say is a public benefit and that we need to hire them to do a bunch of stuff. These are idiots that can't stand on their own and is relying on the government paycheck. I mean, we got a whole system of government right now that is based off of elitism, where it's not a meritocracy system where the people who are holding government positions and offices got there by going out and being good at their jobs. No, in fact, they rely strictly on their names and their connections even though everything that they do is pretty much a complete and total failure. I mean, you could take a look at John Kerry as an example. Here's a person who's never accomplished a damn thing in his life, and yet he was able to marry into wealth, and as a result of his name and who he's married to, he keeps getting these jobs in government every time a Democrat is in charge, and he fails 100% of the time. Everything that he promotes is failure. This is why the elitists have gone through and rigged every part of our country, from the economy to the election. They've rigged every last part of it because they cannot compete in a meritocracy where your achievements are based off of what you are capable of. No, instead, they've rigged the system. They go through and they rely on their names and what school they went to, the schools where they were given a gentleman's seat meaning that they basically failed all their classes, but because they paid a lot of money to these prestigious institutions, they were just given a C anyways. And we can all remember when John Kerry went out there and he was going off and saying, there is no path to peace in the Middle East without Palestine. And then he was proven wrong by Trump. And yet now, you know, we got the same idiots back in charge. And you wonder why things keep going from bad to worse. Even though we got a reprieve for four years under Trump, where there was actually one branch of government that was mostly run competently, 
except for the few spots here and there of the resistance that went off and defied everything that Trump was trying to implement. But now we got the idiots back in charge, and they are in relentless in their pursuit of screwing everything up, costing tens of thousands of jobs in just a few weeks. In just a few weeks, costing tens of thousands of jobs, putting people out of work, uh, forcing prices to go up. So yeah, let's kick a bunch of people out of work and engage in policies that will raise the cost of living. These are the idiots because they never have to suffer the consequences of their policies. They're insulated from the consequences. They're only thinking, well, you know, doesn't everybody have like $10 million? How can this be, you know, um, you know, uh, 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 you know, John Kerry. Can't everyone just afford to pay it, shell out, you know, $100,000 here and there for things? I don't understand what this working class is. Uh, it's so pathetic, but they cannot compete in a meritocracy. They cannot even get elected when we, the people, actually have free and fair elections. And then, of course, they have to go off and rig uh, everything. But how does that rigging actually maintain itself? How is it that they're able to get away with it without all this uprising? Well, we'll get a little bit more into the whole question of uprising in a little bit. But part of it is the censorship that they engage in. The elitists control the majority of our means of communication, which means they control what people hear, what people know about, what information we have access to, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. These remain the top platforms, not because they are the best, but because it's a rigged system. Anytime a competitor starts rising up and posing a real challenge to these platforms, they call up their buddies. Well, YouTube doesn't need to call up their buddies, but you know, because YouTube uh, is owned by Google, but okay, they call up Google and Apple and go, hey, we need you to ban these guys from the App Store. Make up an excuse. They are becoming a threat to us. And then they get banned from the App Store. We saw it happen to Gab. We saw it happen to Parler. They're not at the top because they are the best. They may have initially gotten there by doing things uh, that made them really good. But over the last, I don't know, six, seven years, They've increasingly become horrible, garbage-run companies, but they have the ability to get their competitors banned from being able to compete, removed from the app stores, taking down uh, their servers, kicking them off the internet. I mean, this is a rigged system here, and it's all so that they can control all the means of information. And this is an explanation for why the left is the way they are. They're just pawns. They're tools of the elitists. And sadly, they don't even know that they are pawns and tools of the elitists. They don't seem to grasp that the, that the elitists are controlling all their sources of information and that the elitists are going out there and basically telling them, you know what, if you want to go through and you really want to hurt the elitists, well, then you got to support this policy that even though it does nothing but benefit the elitists, will somehow be a striking blow to the elitist system. And they never put any thought into the second, third, or fourth order effect. They go out there and go, oh, yes, we must support, you know, uh, these lockdowns. You know, the, the, there's a pandemic going on. So we're going to support these lockdowns. We're going to crush all these small businesses, uh, which will only benefit the super elitist and rich companies and corporations. But it's all in the name of public health. 
And then you find out that, oh, yes, uh, COVID-19 and a lot of that. uh, Turns out that it's more politically hyped than it is based off of science and facts. Oh, what about the death toll? Yeah, you know, the, the, the death toll that's been severely inflated. We don't actually know the true number of people who have passed away from COVID. You know, we know people who have passed away from other causes that, uh, that also had COVID. Even people who died in vehicle accidents who died while testing positive for COVID somehow. That head-on collision with a semi uh, is somehow blamed on COVID. But, you know, that's the way it is. And they go through and they censor information. They hype certain things. They ignore and block other things in order to convince the left to support policies that benefit the elitists in a rigged system and manages to convince them at the same time that helping to make the elitists richer and to make sure that their power is solidified is somehow harmful to them. You know, it's the upside-down, backwards world. And as they go through and they control the information that is out there, they make sure that they use the language of the civil rights movement in order to put issues into absolute terms. Either you agree with us or you're a horrible, evil, garbage person who needs to be expelled from society. They try to do this because they can't debate the issues. They can't debate the facts. I mean, think about this. There's actually somebody going around calling themselves an anti-hunger advocate. They're going around saying, well, we're against hunger. We're against people starving. Therefore, we are promoting XYZ policy. You know, it, it doesn't matter what the policy is, but the policy goes through. And of course, it does two things. It raises taxes, which hurts us and puts more power in government and the elitists to go through and spend the money however they want, which is never actually spent how they say that they are going to spend the money when they increase taxes. It's just an excuse to go out there and just increase taxes so that they can launder more money to their friends, families, and donors, who then, of course, give them a kickback for giving them that money, you know, in the form of speaking fees and campaign donations. That's how it goes. But yet, if you come out there and say, hey, these are this is really horrible policy, I don't think we should be raising taxes. What are they able to say? Well, because they call themselves anti-hunger advocates, if you disagree with them on taxes, on giving the government more authority and power, then they go off, well, if I'm anti-hunger and then you don't uh, support my policies, you must be pro-hunger. Oh, this person just wants people to starve and die. So don't listen to him because he is a horrible, evil person that wants people to die, die of hunger, even though... Nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, think about this. You may be going off and going, okay, you're calling yourself an anti-hunger advocate, but I'm looking through your policies and you would actually cause more people to go starving. That's why I disagree with your policy. But who on the left is going to go through and take a look at what the actual data is, what the actual result? Nobody. Because all their sources of information are going to only claim that there's only benefits to this, that there's no drawbacks. And when it's incompetently run and just used to funnel money to uh, other elitists, they won't cover it. They're just going to go, well, this is an anti-hunger advocate. It's all part of the left's you know, infatuation with what you call things versus what they actually do. I mean, it would be like if Hitler had come out and stated that his actions were pro-Jewish, that the whole you know, World War II, Nazism, 
you know, all of that, the internment camps, the exterminations and executions. If he just said that was pro-Jewish, you know, that would be like today's left, you know, going out there and saying that they're in support of something that they are actually attacking. They go out there and they say they're anti-hunger, and yet they go out and do things that would cause more people to starve because they're going out and basically attacking them, kicking them down, and keeping the people down. It's, it's fascinating, you know, from a psychological standpoint to see how nearly half the country can be duped by the left and how they go about their language. It's the same thing when it comes to climate change. They go off and say, well, you know, the climate is changing and it's all man-made. And yet they can't really actually produce the evidence that it's man-made instead of natural. But they go off there and they claim, well, all these scientists and all this, you know, it's the usual circle jerk, you know, where a bunch of people, you know, elitists get together, make a claim. Then they hire someone to just tell them uh, that they are right, who goes through and will do some sort of study, you know, whether it's on climate or this study that has, you know, come out on social media censorship, paid for by a far left, conducted by a far left institution who comes out and goes, well, we have, we can't find any evidence that conservatives are being discriminated online. We did a whole study on it. And then you read the study and it goes, well, they don't actually have access to the information they needed to do a study, but they still came to a conclusion that there was no evidence conservatives are being censored online or unfairly targeted. And they do the same thing with their climate change studies. They have a predetermined result, and then they try to fit the data, twist the data, and manipulate the data in order to get to that result. Anybody who doesn't agree with them is a climate denier. Ooh, so they go off and they say they're trying to save the world. Anybody who disagrees with us is a climate denier. It doesn't matter what the facts, the data, and the evidence is that causes them to disagree. They become a climate denier, and therefore don't listen to them. You know, they don't know what the heck they're talking about. You know, they do this all the time. They never go through and actually uh, take a look at the facts, the data, the evidence on anything. They just go off, make their proclamation, put in absolute terms, tries to use the language of the civil rights, and therefore anybody who disagrees with them, even if it's based off of what the facts, data, and science actually says, uh, needs to be ost uh, ostracized and you know kicked out of society. It is really sickening what they have done. You know, and, and it goes off with the election as well. Now you can't question the outcome of the 2020 election. It doesn't matter how many election laws were broken. It doesn't matter how illegally and unconstitutionally it was ran. You're not allowed to question it or you're committing treason. You're not allowed to question it or you're supporting sedition. You know, it, we need to believe in democracy. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where I find it humorous. They want to go off and say, you need to believe in and support democracy. And it's like, yeah, we do. You're the ones who actually attacked it. But you're calling us treasonous and engaged in acts of sedition for trying to defend democracy and speak up against a coup, an overthrow of democracy. You're, you know, they, they reverse it. Somehow being anti-democratic, having rigged elections is somehow supporting democracy, but demanding free and fair elections is sedition against democracy. They go off and they claim you can't question it, and they use that than to go through and censor the internet. I'm still getting notices from YouTube saying 
my video has been taken down. And it's just a live stream of a public hearing from lawmaker, held by lawmaker, you know, from Pennsylvania's legislature, Arizona's legislature, Michigan, Wisconsin. All of the public hearings by the state legislatures are being wiped off of YouTube because they got to get rid of all the evidence. They got to make sure that they can try and stop the spread of any of the facts and data. And anybody who's going out there trying to go, hey, look at this. You know, we can actually prove that Joe Biden didn't actually win the election. They kick him off the Internet and they try to use it in the terms of, well, we're just trying to prevent sedition. And and it, it is just unbelievable. You know, and so they got their fake news, their fake fact checkers, their fake experts. The elitists have created their circle jerk in order to get half the country, which is how this has been effective on 45% of the country, the left wing, to actually become uninformed puppets, puppets of the elitists who go out there and advocate for the elitists without even knowing that they're advocating for the elitists because they're told that you know, if you really want to fight the elitists, you got to support this policy, whether it's on foreign uh, policy issues, the economy, climate change. You know, you got to support this. Uh, it will be a blow to the elitists. And then all of those policies end up giving the elitists more money, more control, more authority over you. And the left keeps falling for it repeatedly. It, 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 there should be a psychological study done on all of this. How has the left been able to become this completely stupid? Black Lives Matter, Antifa, most of the left-wing activists out there are pawns of the elitists, and yet they haven't figured it out. Now, the leadership of these groups know that they're pawns, but they don't care because they're making money. They sold out. They're just trying to keep the, their members and you know their sphere of influence going so that they can keep the money train being paid by the elitists in order to advocate policies for the elitists while claiming that they are fighting against the machine, you know, the elitist system. It's just been really sad to see how mindless and stupid half the country has become and how they've managed to become nothing more than pawns. And a lot of that has to do with the censorship, the censorship that is now being, uh, well, the ability to continue the censorship is now under attack. So if you remember, for those of you who have listened to the show for quite some time, I talked about things that states can do, states controlled by Republicans, what they can do in order to end the censorship. I talked about how they could start banning these so-called platforms from being able to run ads to users in their states if they engage in censorship and viewpoint discrimination and a lot of other things uh, that they can do uh, as well. And it's nice to see that Florida has gone through and they've started stepping up and starting to go through and attack the censorship and starting to impose fines on the social media companies should they engage in censorship. Now, they've gone through to limit it to mostly that of you know political campaigns and then being able to opt out of filters. Now, if I was thinking about this, I would have gone further and not just impose fines, but to ban them from being able to run ads in the state of Florida itself if they continue to engage in the censorship and the viewpoint discrimination and deplatforming. They should go through and not just impose the fines, but ban them from being able to run the ads. Now, if you hit them on both sides there, where on the one side they can't make money 
from the users of your state. You know, you go through and you say, hey, you can't run ads. You can't collect data on the users of this state so long as you engage in these activities while simultaneously on the other side of it imposing fines. So now they're not making money and yet they are still being charged money. See, I was only looking at it from one side, preventing them from being able to make the money, but I like the whole imposing the fines. I just don't think it goes far enough into being able to end the censorship. Now, imagine if this starts sweeping across the country in all Republican-controlled states where they start imposing fines and then banning them from being able to run ads if they engage in these censorship behaviors. Well, of course, the Democrats are freaking out about this because their ability to control information is now costing them big money. And eventually, after so much money is lost, Facebook, Twitter, and such, is likely to cave because what good is having a company to control information if you're going to go bankrupt in the process. Now, of course, I expect that Facebook and the Democrats are going to try and take this to court and try and challenge it. And even though they don't have any actual legal ability to challenge it, they'll shop around for some crooked judge that will try and say, oh, this is not uh, somehow legal or legitimate. You can't ban or fine them for engaging in discrimination here. You know, they can always find some corrupt judge in order to prop up what it is they want. But hopefully we we can get this spreading and that more and more states are going to go through and start not just imposing fines, but start imposing the banning of being able to collect users' data or running ads to users of their state if they engage in any type of viewpoint discrimination. You know, they need to really go through, target, and eliminate the ability to engage in the censorship. Now, of course, they'll be able to continue engaging in censorship in Democrat-controlled states, fine, but as much as I hate the the fact that they would be able to do that, it does help safeguard uh, close to two-thirds of the states from being subject to the censorship and the 24-7 propaganda. So we'll see how that goes, because what we are seeing here is Republicans They have gone through and they've thought, okay, we're going to help the Democrats overthrow Trump, and then we'll have two years for people to forget what we did, and maybe if we did a couple of things here and there, they'll they'll forgive enough in order to reelect us. Now, I get it. The Republicans in Florida, they had nothing to do with the unconstitutional uh, election uh, that was held. They had nothing to do with rigging the election. I get that. I get that. And so I I talk about the whole, yes, I know a lot of people want to go off and say, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but then everyone claims to be the baby. So maybe we should, you know, just go ahead and replace them all. But I get it. Right now, the Republicans realize what is going on, how pissed off people are. And now they're going to try and go through and save their political careers after they committed mass political suicide. Now, the Democrats realizing that, hey, if the states start getting together and banning the ability to censor information, uh, our ability to control the public is going to go out the door. And with as horrible as things are already going and falling apart under Joe Biden's illegitimate administration, it's going to be a complete wipeout in the 2022 midterms. 
and Trump is set for a huge comeback in 2024. So here comes the impeachment, where the Democrats are once again trying to impeach Trump with no basis. They're just going through, and, and the impeachment charges might as well say, because orange man bad. They can't have somebody being able to run for election again who will represent the working class, the average citizen, who would be working to tear down the two-tiered system of the elitist and, store and restore meritocracy. Because the elitists, they can't compete on meritocracy. They need their name and inherited wealth in order to be able to be viewed as experts and someone special. Now, of course, the left are trying to go out there and, again, paint things in black and white terms. You know, you got Rob Reiner. All senators are committing sedition unless they vote to convict Trump. Now, they haven't been able to provide any evidence of a crime, but they're trying to tie Trump to the riots on January 6th of Capitol Hill. Now, this is one of those things where we all know that their claims, you know, are mostly BS. I mean, have you looked at the videos? It's mostly people just wandering around like they're taking a tour, going around in single file lines, being directed by the Capitol Police. Okay, you go this way, you go that way and other people being escorted around room to room by the Capitol Police. It's not as though it was all that rowdy or rough. Now, you can say, yes, there were a few people, but it wasn't even Trump supporters that were going through and doing all that, at least not by and large. They're not the ones that instigated anything. I'm sure, yes, you could find Trump supporters that were just wandering around as if they were taking a tour, right? But they're trying to pin this on Trump incited violence because some people did get hurt. Yes, there is no denying that. So they're trying to go off and say Trump incited violence. And I'm trying to go off and think, well, how are they making that claim? How are they trying to claim that Trump incited violence? Besides, you know, going off and pointing out how fraudulent the election was because the election was fraudulent. So apparently you're inciting violence if you were telling the truth. But I think I understand how they're going about this claim that Trump incited violence on January 6th. And it's because he told people to peacefully protest. And I think that's the key. That is where they are claiming that he incited violence. And let me explain. Throughout all of 2020, Black Lives Matter and Antifa were going around, burning down cities, burning down businesses, neighborhoods, engaging in vicious attacks, and even killing and celebrating the murders of people. And everyone on the left was going out and claiming that these were peaceful protests or mostly peaceful protests. So I think what their theory is here, the only case that they have here is that when Trump went out and told people to peacefully protest, people got confused by the word peacefully. You know, were we supposed to go by the traditional view of peacefully or were we to go by the leftist view of what a peaceful protest looks like? And some people went off and decided, well, okay, we were encouraged to peacefully protest, and we've seen how Black Lives Matter and Antifa were, quote, peacefully protesting all year long, uh, committing arson and even up to murder. Okay, okay, we'll go by the leftist definition of peacefully protesting. And I think that's where they're going off and trying to claim that Trump is, has incited violence, because the word peacefully protest, the meaning of that phrase has changed because of the left. Now, did Trump go out there and mean to or intentionally incite violence? No. When he was saying going out there and 
peacefully protest. He was going by the traditional definition. He was a little careless with his wording and didn't understand how the left had changed the meaning of peacefully protest. And so while he was going out there and trying to tell people to peacefully assemble nonviolently in order to let their voices be heard, which would be like gathering in groups, chanting, rallying, just basically holding up signs and doing a lot of talking. That's what he was saying. But the people listened to what he said and went by what the left and the media had proclaimed is acts of peaceful protest. And so they went through and engaged in the left-wing version of peaceful protesting. See, they just got confused over what the meaning of peaceful protesting was because of how the media had portrayed all of the riots throughout 2020. Now, yes, I'm going off and I'm being a little sarcastic here. I'm going off and I'm, you know, intentionally, well, you understand what it is uh, that I'm doing here. I'm going off and I'm showing that, you know, the left, the hypocrisy about what it is they want to claim to be peacefully protesting and then what they want to claim to be out of control riots. You know, how they go off and they want to impeach Trump for inciting violence, even though he called for nonviolent action. But they want to say he incited violence and therefore he should be impeached. Well, where's the impeachment of all the people in the House and in the Senate and all across the country who is supporting, inciting, and encouraging Black Lives Matter and Antifa going around and burning down cities. And so this is one of those hypocrisy moments where they're trying to accuse Trump of doing the very things that they, the Democrats, themselves did, inciting violence. But, you know, when it goes off and talks about burning down cities, you know, halfway across the country or on the other side of the country, where those in D.C. are unaffected, well, that's one thing. But don't you dare dare engage in that type of activity in any place that affects them. It is really interesting how they get away with this hypocrisy and how 45% of the country will allow them to get away with this type of hypocrisy and not even realize how hypocritical it is. And then, of course, Maxine Waters wants Trump charged with premeditated murder. Yes, because a couple of people did die during the Capitol Hill, I wouldn't say riots, but while the cap, while people were going around Capitol Hill, you know, and uh, there were pockets that did get out of control. And Maxine Waters wants Trump charged with premeditated murder. Okay, does that mean we uh, get to charge Maxine Waters with the premeditated murder of everybody killed by Black Lives Matter and Antifa? Do we get to charge her with aggravated assault for everyone who was physically assaulted by Antifa and Black Lives Matter? After all, she went off and she not only supported those groups, but she actually did go out there and tell them to go off and uh, confront, attack, and try and run out of public spaces anybody who supports Trump or anybody from his administration. There, we, you've heard the video many times over. You saw the video. You've heard the audio. Maxine Waters said, you know, you, if you see anybody from that administration, you make sure they know they're not welcome. You run them out of those restaurants. You run them out of the public spaces. You know, you confront them at the gas station. Where's the going through and charging her with all the premeditated murder? Where's going through and having her charged? So this is another one of those things that are hypocrisy. Now, 
They go off and they engage in acts of violence and they call it peaceful protesting. They support finance and, you know, incite it. And to them, they're just protesting. Trump actually calls for nonviolent protests, peaceful protests. And when violence uh, does happen, and not even by Trump supporters, then they want to blame Trump for it when he specifically said not to do it. When groups that they finance, when groups that Democrats financially support engage in murder and aggravated assault, you know, that, there's nothing to look, see here, people. Let's just move along, move along. But if people that they want to say are Trump supporters goes off and do something that Trump specifically says not to do, they want to charge him. So Trump is sub- somehow accountable for the actions of people doing the exact opposite of what he tells them to do. But the Democrats are not responsible in any way for the actions of people who are doing exactly what the Democrats told them to do. Unbelievable. Unbelievable how this goes. Now, of course, we go through and we see the impeachment and, you know, Liz Cheney, her political career is dead. All right. Let's just upfront her political career is dead. So it doesn't matter how how she votes, at least in her mind, it doesn't matter. She's knows that she couldn't get reelected in any way, shape, or form. So all she's doing is taking a look at when her term is up, where is she going to go next? And so now she's going to play to the left every chance that she gets so that she can land uh, a job as a contributor to one of the fake news outlets or something like that, you know, or get a cushy job in one of these left-wing organizations going, see, look, look, I, I, I'm one of those good Republicans. I, I voted to impeach Trump, you know, or to convict Trump. You need to hire me because she can't get reelected at this point. Now, uh, she already has a primary challenger who's going to be able to go through and point out that she helped the Democrats overthrow President Trump in a fraudulent and unconstitutionally conducted election. Now, of course, knowing how fraudulent the election is, the Democrats, especially Joe Biden, just like all other dictators and tyrants after a coup, have the military going around and protecting them. All around D.C., you know, we see that it's basically become a military, you know, controlled city. All there to try and protect Trump. And we've been going off here and trying to figure out, well, then how is Biden still in office? Sorry, I may have misspoke saying Trump. Sorry. But anyways, how has Biden managed to last even the two to three weeks? If the military held their oath of office, they would have already dragged Biden and Harris out of the White House by now. And of course, by now, they also would have uh, gone through and dragged a lot of people out of the House and the Senate. So how is it that we can have the military in there and not a single one of them will uphold their oath of off or their oath of service to the Constitution? Well, I think we have an answer here. And that is because these are military personnel are pretty much handpicked based off of their political views. They went off and found members of the military that are Democrat supporters. See, they screened the military first to ensure only Democrat supporters from the military are those uh, to the best of their uh, screening ability that they believe to be Democrat supporters are the ones patrolling Capitol Hill. And of course, now becomes the purge in the military. As the Pentagon orders military-wide stand-down to address white supremacy extremism in the ranks. 
And so now what they are doing is they're going around taking a look at people's political affiliation, how they voted, and what causes they support in their personal life. And if they have any leanings for conservatism, oh, they're going to be targeted. They're either going to be booted out of the military or sent for re-education. You know, so now they're going off just like tyrants and dictators all across the world when they go off and they overthrow a government and do so with the support of the military. Not only do they go through and have the military try and protect them. Yeah, I know, I know. I got a young child, you know, my youngest stomping around, and maybe some of that is bleeding through. But yeah, just like all tyrants all around the world after a coup, as they seek to get the supporters that they have in the military to protect them from anybody who would take a stand against the coup. And then comes the purge of the military of anybody who might support their political opponents so that the military is only full of loyalists, not to the country, not to the constitution, but loyalists to the dictator, the tyrant in chief. And everybody knows where this is heading. Everybody has been seeing where all of this uh, has been heading for a long time now. Now, under Trump, we had a bit of a reprieve. We thought, hey, you know, maybe the country will get back on track. And then 2020 hit, and we saw what the left was doing and using the coronavirus as an excuse to suspend civil liberties, to be able to go out there and enact tyrannical control, which is why we've seen gun cells continue to just skyrocket throughout all of 2020, and even now that Joe Biden has overthrown the government with help. So we see gun sales in January set a new record. Isn't that amazing? You know, everybody knows where this is headed, record gun sales. Now, we saw it in 2020 as there was crackdowns on our constitutional rights or civil liberties, and they were releasing violent criminals from the prisons, and then telling everybody, no, the police will not come out to protect you. And so people were like, well, you're letting violent criminals out. And then you're saying the police won't be around to protect us. So, yeah, they started going through. And then they saw all the rioting and the burning down of the cities and doing so with the support of the Democrat Party. And so gun cells continued to soar, soar and soar some more. And now that we see how fraudulent the election is, how we have a complete fraud in the White House. We can see gun cells soaring. We see it soaring as there is more crackdown on free speech, as people realize we don't have free and fair elections, and as we see the military storming or patrolling the streets of D.C. in order to protect the fraud rather than uphold their oath. And we see the attacks now coming on our Second Amendment rights. We know where this is headed. We've been trying to beg the left, please, please, please do not push us over this edge. And yet they're intent to not only go over the edge, but go over the edge full throttle. So yeah, gun cells are continuing to soar. I'm, you know, I, I, at this point in time, uh, you know, you, I guess Biden, if I were to say something to you, it would be along the lines of you can have the military patrolling the streets all you want. Uh, there isn't enough to in the armed services to combat an uprising from we the people. Uh, we have m more guns, more people, uh, more ammo, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, quite a few years of stocking up on that. And there's a lot of people in the military that will not be there to protect you. You know, 
the ones that will uphold their oath to the to defend the Constitution, which is probably why you're having to go through so much filtering and weeding out in the military. And of course, you know, again, this is where they go back and they try to use the civil rights language, you know, of saying, well, we're weeding out white supremacy. You know, they, they're so lazy, aren't they? They just use th- three or four claims that covers everything that they do, every tyrannical act, every unconstitutional act, every horrible, disgusting thing that they do, they do in the name of combating. And then you pick the four top things. Racism, sexism, xenophobia, homophobia, and transphobia. You know that is that's their excuse for everything. They can't back it up. They just invoke uh, one of those, and then everything they do is somehow justified. All right. So just a couple of things here. Uh, Steve Scalise comes out and states that you know the plan by Biden to vaccinate illegals uh, before Americans is a slap in the face. Well, yeah, this is. Biden in the White House, as illegitimate and unconstitutional as it is, you know, he is exercising uh, illegitimately the authority of a president. And uh, being a Democrat, that means America last. If you're an American citizen under uh, Democrats' uh, control, you are second class. You're, You're second class just by being born a citizen of this country. If you're not a citizen, well, then you're given priority. And if you're here illegally, you're really given priority by the Democrats. You know, gone is America first. Gone is the prosperity of the country. And now we're back to the elitists and criminal organizations running the country, selling us out to enrich themselves. Okay. Now, of course, there's going to be talks about the stimulus. And we can go through all the details of the stimulus package. Uh, but I kind of want to wait to see what the final details are. Now, of course, the re- Democrats plan on passing this through the budget reconciliation process, which only needs a majority vote. So if it's just on a party line vote, it will be Kamala Harris. That will go through that. And, you know, I take a look at the, at this stimulus package. And I don't know if you use it wisely, you can make quite a bit of money off of that money and set yourself up for a decent future or a decent retirement, especially if you're young and you have kids. You can change your entire family tree if you can afford to actually use the stimulus money in a way that benefits you. So let me go through and try and explain a couple of things here about that. And that is basically if you invest the money. So let's say you get the money in the stimulus. All right, now, I'm not advocating that we should go through and pass the stimulus. I'm not advocating that because, well, that would be, you know, it is, I get, I guess I'm trying to say here is that I get that people are struggling and all of that, but that's mostly imposed by the Democrats that they would just lay off of the restrictions of the coronavirus and just keep Trump's policies into place. We would be able to come back and come back pretty strong and pretty fast. Okay, so that's not really the big issue. But if we're going to go off and pass a stimulus, you got to have a plan for how you're going to use that in order to benefit your family. So if you have kids and all of that, you might invest that. Now, I'm not an investment advisor, but you might invest that in cryptocurrency. And, you know, when I go off and say invest in cryptocurrency, 
it's a lot of that is just seeing how the cryptocurrencies go. I mean, here's one cryptocurrency, AAVE, right? And it's increased 94,000%. Okay. I mean, just do the math. I mean, if you go through and you take a look at cryptocurrency, you know, their annual return or the return over, you know, inception till today is in the thousands of percent. So let's say you got that $1,400 check and you invested it there where you got a 94,000% uh, return. Uh, if that keeps up, that $1,400 becomes 1.3 million in just, you know, uh, a few years. If it keeps at this pace. You, so you get where I say you can use the stimulus money in order to really go through and set yourself up uh, pretty good. Now, some of these, some of these, on the other hand, only get, uh, let's see here, uh, last year, uh, REP only got 52% return. Not as good as the 94,000 return. But you can also take a look at so many of these cryptocurrencies getting thousands of percent returns in a year. Now, of course, some of them have lost money over the course of the year. So not knowing which way it's going to go, maybe you spread that out. But I'm just saying, you could probably invest in some cryptocurrency, $1,400 you know, per person, maybe for the family. You know, if, Depending on the size of your family, you might get several thousands of dollars. I mean, what is it? In a family uh, you know, with mother, father, three kids. Um, if that's fourteen hundred uh, per person, that's nearly seven thousand dollars. Now imagine seven thousand dollars getting ninety four thousand percent return. That would be amazing. But just take a look at how Bitcoin has gone through and how much that has increased from when it was first released to what it's trading at today. Okay, so if you're twenty five something, you know, or under forty, just imagine throwing that money in to some cryptocurrency and then letting it, you know, just grow in value over the course of the next few decades, you know, invest for the long term, a few decades. And by the time you're retired, you will be among the 1% at this rate. So I guess you do have the opportunity to turn this complete fiscal disaster into a huge benefit for yourself. Now, one of the things that people are going through here is saying, okay, you know, if we're going to do stimulus, uh, let's not provide funding to schools that refuse to open. Now, it is a legitimate concern that most of the stimulus that they want to pass is to benefit left wing, you know, to bail out the left wing states from their disastrous policies, from the disaster they created long before the pandemic had started, you know, to be able to fund all their welfare programs. So they're just trying to funnel more money so that people in blue states get more taxpayer redistribution than people in red states so that they can then claim after they've been bailed out, hey, look, everything's going great. We've found a way to fund all of this and all that and in order to try and gain support to implement those disastrous policies nationwide. When really, the just like the businesses of their friends and families that they are funneling taxpayer money to cannot support itself would fall under the weight uh, of its own incompetence. You understand that. It, it's all just fraud and for show. It's the person who goes off, has the big houses, the nice fancy cars, and 
you know, the top of the line clothes and all the cool gadgets and toys. And you find out that they're severely in debt and that they're on the verge of complete and total bankruptcy. But they look nice and they're able to bluff and claim they are successful and know what they're doing and hope that they can fake it until they make it. And of course, you know, this is one of those stupid things in San Francisco. The school uh, districts now want to cut out acronyms because acronyms are now a form of white supremacy. <sighs> Starting to see how they can justify every stupid, dumb butt thing they want to do by just claiming that it's to fight white supremacy or racism or whatever bullshit that they can claim everything. And the pawns of the left, the pawns of the elitists. Go along with it like a bunch of mindless clapping seals because they're afraid that if they actually put any thought into it, that they will be attacked because they attacked other people who disagreed with them, or at least know somebody who has been attacked for disagreeing with whatever stupid dumb butt thing the elitists are telling the left you must support. All right, so that's it uh, for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, now that I got taxes and everything through, uh, I'll be bringing the show on a regular and consistent basis. However, there are, might be some times where I miss a show or two. I'm trying to go off and find somebody uh, to hire, um, not you know for the show and the podcasting, but for my other business activities. Uh, I'm trying to go around and fire, uh, not fire, but hire somebody uh, to do uh, some very specific jobs for me. I see some opportunities uh, that I want to take advantage of uh, for gaining uh, some huge wealth, you know, and being able to expand. So I'm seeing some opportunities opening up and I want to take advantage of those. And so I need to hire someone to build uh, certain things for me in order to be able to take advantage of them. All right. So while I'm going through that hiring process and you know all of that, uh, it may cause me to miss out on a show or two you know, from time to time, but don't worry, I will always be producing another show. Now, this show isn't going anywhere unless somehow I get taken down from the hosting platform and stuff, but then I'll just have to find a new host. Uh, we'll get to that whenever that happens. All right. Thank you so much uh, for listening in. I do appreciate it. Leave me a rating and a review, and I will be back again soon.